You damn right. Hope everybody is having a good Friday. NBA Finals cranking back up tonight. The regional, sorry, super regional round is underway, and the Longhorns will be the last game to start. We'll get you set up for that. We know a little bit more about college football in 2024. Big Ten jumps ahead of the SEC to let us know how their scheduling is going to work. So for you Longhorn fans, Aggie fans, and SEC fans, maybe something we can learn from it. We'll take a peek at that at 1230. A lot going on today on this Friday. Hope you have a great weekend planned. I'm Chad Hastings, and he is the one and only Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's poppin', Chad? Happy Friday, everybody. Happy 69 day, especially the Zion Williamson. Boy! You get freakier and freakier every day. Another one has came out and exposed the former Dookie, and it's not looking too good for the 22-year-old Chad Hastings. Doesn't anybody just leave people's business their business anymore? No. Don't we just – can anybody have secrets? No. no nobody can have behind the scenes, you got, behind the curtains. You got to treat these women right. You can't disrespect them. Zion, you've been wilding. Three different women. You got a baby mama doing the gender reveal, and then two other women come out and expose you. One's a former porn star, which ain't nothing wrong with that. Slop shame, slut shaming old girl. Ain't nothing wrong with not that. At all. She's not that anymore. She says it. She might have an OnlyFans or something, but she making her own money. Ain't nothing wrong with it. But Zion, you obviously have a type. And another one, what DJ Khaled say? Another one. Another one just came out and exposed young Zion talking about, oh, I can't believe you do me like this, man. Oh, you doing this for no. the you doing this for clout. You talking about giving me a Cullinan, which is a Rolls Royce SUV, if some of you older guys oh, out there. Oh good Lord, yeah, Rolls Royce has an SUV? Oh yeah. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, he promising these girls that and stuff. And then hey, oh, hang on. I'm imagining what features are on a Rolls Royce SUV. Oh, stupid. Dude. Stupid. <laughs> besides heating and cooling, what will the seats do to me or for me in a Rolls Royce SUV? I love how Rolls Royce SUV, you're thinking of heating and cooling. No, I'm just thinking of all the weird stuff they put in cars. I bet the steering wheels got heated, cooled. I bet you've got, oh my God. I bet I just have to say the words of the band I want to hear. You just get in there and go, Jay-Z, and then just starts playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because Rolls Royces and Bentleys, I don't know which one for sure, but they come with like an umbrella, like an exclusive umbrella. I don't oh, know why, I like but that. it comes with like an exclusive umbrella like that just shows like, I guess, when it's raining and stuff and you're rolling around, you're showing that you got money. But yeah, <laughs> oh man, the God. new girl, she got a picture of a Zion sleep in the bed with his tattoos and stuff. That's rude, by the way. That is bad. That is so that rude. That is bad. But I'm saying, you got to look at... These former athletes that paved the way for you. you really, Derek Jeter? Yeah. Come on now. You do. Like, Derek Jeter is a legend, not just on the baseball diamond, but off the field. What he used to do, how he had bellboys and stuff, because it's New York City. He had a nice penthouse down there in Manhattan. They go hit up the bellboy. Bellboy said, uh-uh, sweetie, where that phone at? Where's if you're going up to Mr. Jeter's room, you better give me that phone. And... If they might have to. They might have to search I was going to say, where's your other phone? You might have to pat them down. Where's your wire phone? Yeah, you, you might have to pat them down. Just you, you can never be too careful. Where's your Barksdale phone? Yeah, and look at Jeter. Everybody looks like Jeter as a saint. He could do no wrong. Jeter had, oh, he had him. Uh -huh. He had him. But he was so low-key and smart about it. 
nobody, all we think about is those crazy jump throws from shortstop to first when we think of DJ and the championships with the blue stripes. But Zion, only 22 years old, getting called up like this. Like I said, we were talking about Allen Iverson needs to go call John Morant and talk to him. Magic Johnson needs to go call Zion Williamson and talk to him like, yo, brother, I went down this road and I know I beat the HIV virus, obviously, but... You don't want to get caught up like me. Come on, young man. You can do better. And there's a lot of different ways to get caught up, and now he is getting into the most modern version of it that we've ever heard. Yeah. Because this kind of thing is uh, it's obviously crazy. Zion, when they say work on your stroke in the offseason, this ain't what they're talking about. Oh, they're talking about the Lord. wicked jump that shot. <laughs> You're worried about I, the wrong stroke, my guy. I could feel <laughs> I, I, I could see it in your face that there was something you were, you were holding back. Something you were holding back. There it was. Zion needs to hold back. Zion, Zion, Zion. It is crazy. And you're doing it for the chocolate brothers, too. Come on now. You got to represent. For the dark-skinned chocolate brothers, you got to represent because... There's women out here, they love them some chocolate. What, you got to know. You're saying there's a reputation to a boy? Yes. You just got to Yes, you know, out. women love chocolate. That's that's a true saying. Trust me, I know. Well, and it's also, I remember back in the day, the first time, the first time that a former athlete talked to me about women waiting in hotels. And it's obviously a world I do not understand. I bear, There had been a, I don't know if I've ever walked into a room where two separate women in that room wanted me at the same time. I have no proof that that's ever happened. That's- and in my heart, I probably know it hasn't. Right. But to hear that description where it's like, look, I don't you, you got to understand what this is. And I have had multiple guys talk to me about it over the years. I remember Brian Jones was very open about it. We were talking about it on on the air one time and he's like, "You just don't get it." And he goes, "I can't make you understand what that's like." He goes, "But it is such a weird it's an altered universe. Yeah. When there are women literally lined up in the lobby of a hotel, all dressed up, all looking as good as they think they can look, and they all have one thing on their mind. It will change the way you think about your job. It'll change the way you think about your relationships. And unfortunately, his argument back then was it will change the way you think about women. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there, but now you're now we're talking super modern. We're taking pictures of these dudes while they're sleeping. We're putting social media stuff out about specifics that you're doing in bed. Woo. And by the way, I do love the fact that both of these women, neither of them are upset at any freak level that Zion has attained. They're upset that he's doing it with multiple people. Yeah. That's all they're upset about here, and now they're just going to throw his business out there. It's a, it's a new new version of it. Well, some women can handle that. Some women can handle, yo, I'm just a freak out here. You ain't the only one. Be real with him, because obviously he wasn't. Both of those women are talking about, oh, we had no idea you had a baby on the way, because now they're like, they probably feel a certain way about the baby mom. Like, man, I bet you she feels disrespected. She's carrying your child and all the emotion that goes to that. And this fool out here wilding out, Mm. just not giving a damn, just doing his thing all over New Orleans. Okay, maybe the rudest text we'll get all day, and then we'll move on to the actual NBA. This text on the Specs text line, 337-3776, Zay says, his baby mamas are tens added together. See, that's (laughs) rude. Rude. Y'all cold, man. Rude. Is that like the old George Carlin deal? I've never been with a 10, but one, one, one month I was with five twos. Is that what you're telling me? Okay. All right, so keep your eyes on that Zion Williamson story if you love a good NBA soap opera. 
Nobody brings you the soap opera like the NBA, and now it's just a cranked up 2023 all hands on deck. Everybody's got a phone version of it. Uh, There's a lot of NBA to get into. We'll get into some football stuff today as well. Uh, Also coming up in the crap bag, I will tell you about the fight that I thought I was going to witness at a concert last night and the reason why I didn't. Mm-mm-mm. Coming up in the crap bag, and that's I'll tell you, and I'll tell you about some organized fighting that's going on this weekend. Uh, but first, let's get started with a couple things here. We'll keep you updated on those super regionals. Duke and Virginia are in that ACC battle. Duke up two one in the bottom of the fourth. That's the first one underway. TCU fans, you'll crank it up at four. Got, uh, getting to host that, by the way, against Indiana State. South Carolina and Florida a little later on. And then Oral Roberts and Oregon will get things going from Cor- uh, Corvallis. I'm sorry, Oregon fans, that I was about to say that. From Eugene later on. All right, so we'll keep you updated there. Uh, also, tonight you've got NBA Finals Game 4. Zay, I'll start it this way. I feel bad that I did not say this. The, as we were discussing game three, because I have certain things that I always seem to go to, and I didn't go to some of my favorite stats when they were glaring 58 33 on the boards and 60 to 34 in the paint. Yeah. I feel bad I didn't say that because those are two of my favorite stats. And I heard Rod and Hard say it yesterday, and I'm like, oh, damn it, I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, we, we talked about the 60 points in the paint, but we didn't talk yeah. about the opposing team only getting 34. So, that's so abusive. Um, if I'm Eric Spolstra, what the heck does he do about that? Yeah, you got to live with those other guys beating you. They've done that the whole playoffs from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Phoenix Suns to the Los Angeles Lakers. Contavious Caldwell Pope has been amazing. Bruce Brown has been amazing. So has Christian Brown, Michael Porter Jr., all of those guys have been knocked down. Well, not Christian Brown as much, but Bruce Brown, MPJ, KCP. All of those guys have been knocked down shooters where you can't leave them open if you focus on Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. In mm-hmm. game three, it was to take those shooters away and what they did in game two. That's what they did in game two. That's how they won. Those guys didn't get going. Latavius right. Carwell Pope was awful. Bruce Brown wasn't very good. Michael Porter Jr. also wasn't very good. And even though Nikola Jokic had 41, and yes, Jamal Murray's 18 in Game 2 and the 30-something that he had in Game 3, that's a huge difference also. But those other guys getting going, your role players, that's been huge for the Nuggets all series long. There's that stat where Joker goes over 40 points, they've lost every game. When he's dishing that rock, only four assists in Game 2, they lose that game. When he has more than 10 assists and stuff, most likely they're going to win because everybody's getting involved, and that's the style that Mike Malone wants to play. So if I'm Eric Spolstra, I'm letting those guys not take open shots, but You're gonna need to- I'm doubling yeah. more on Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. And So early in that first quarter, maybe you see if those guys have the outside shot. Yeah. Yeah, they're and, in your building. See if they can hit it on your floor, right? Because yeah. you got to take away something. And right. what Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets did in Game Three was just a masterclass, just killing them inside, offensive rebounds, and that's the con of being in a zone. You can't match up with people and box out, and you'll get killed on the boards like the Heat did. And I went back and I watched that the game again yesterday, and just to see what what exactly were they doing. 
gosh, their zone offense was terrific. Like I said, they had to just practice zone from in between game two and game three. Practicing zone should have been a huge key point mm-hmm. for the Nuggets, and it obviously was. In a matchup zone that Miami's playing, it's not traditional Jim Beheim style because, first off, you can't stay in the lane for three seconds, defensive three seconds. That's college basketball, there's no such thing. So Bam Adebayo always has to take a step out of the paint mm-hmm. or come up at the free throw line. Right. And that could get you out of sorts. So you could, as a defender or as an offensive player, you could time cuts. And you could time like, okay, he's in the paint, one, two, he has to get out, I'm cutting. Like, like yeah. that, and they were doing that. And that's an interesting thought. I, I that, that's a really interesting point for a second. The idea that you know when a defensive player may have to move, they have to, or if they're not, you're letting the ref know, ref, that's three seconds, yeah. ref, that's three seconds. Like, it's a chess match, it's yeah. a mind game. That's yeah. the beauty of it. So, once they go out the paint and you cut to the basket, it's hard to get back. And they were doing things like that. Another thing that they were doing in the zone, which is amazing. When the ball went to the wing, and when the ball is on the wing, the guy at the top of a 2-3 zone, whether it's a traditional or matchup, depending on who's at the wing, let's say it's Jamal Murray, he's a three-point shooter, so you have to get out on him. The baseline or the guy on the bottom of the zone, the third man that also has to get to the wing, they have to switch. So one has to take the other. The one on the baseline has to come up first so the one on the top could get over in time, and then they have to retreat back towards the basket. During that time, Nikola Jokic would cut to the block, and it would force Bam out of bio to follow him, and then it would leave them very vulnerable on that backside where guys were cutting, like Christian Brown. He had about two cuts off of that type of action where the ball was in the wing and two Miami Heat guys were on one player just for a second, even though it's very quick and you got to do it fast. And Joker went right to the block. They gave it to Joker. He caught it. He dumped it right down to a cutting Christian Brown. Mm-hmm. Just great offense. And it, it has you scattered. And putting guys in the right spots on offense just because they're good shooters. If I have Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray on one side, they're going to get a lot more attention than if I had Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon on that side. Why? Because Aaron Gordon's not a shooter. So mm-hmm. put those guys both at the same side. Now we got three Miami Heat defenders on one side because they're so worried about the three-point shot, but they're forgetting about Aaron Gordon posting up little-ass Gabe Vincent or little Duncan Robinson or Caleb Martin. Everybody's little when Gordon's the offensive Everybody's guy. little. He did a great job. Old-school <laughs> yeah. basketball, like posting in the lane yeah. when Murray and Nikola Jokic got the ball, and then they would dump it to him, and he would get a dunk or an easy finish. So... Right now, you got to stick with that same game plan. Do I think Christian Brown's going to have this magical game that he had in Game 3? No, but Bruce Brown could. That's the scary thing. KCP could. We've seen it all playoffs. And the fact that Christian Brown had that game, like the guy that you're worried about the least on the Miami Heat, that should scare the crap out of you. Because now, if you go man, all they're going to do is – go two-man game with Jamal Murray and Joker and beat you up the whole time to where Jimmy Butler, he can't take that. Jimmy Butler looks exhausted already. Ain't no way he could guard Jamal Murray on one end and you expect the same production on the offensive end where he's scoring and trying to get you 30-something. Like Those three rounds have taken a lot out of Jimmy Butler. No doubt. And it's starting to take a lot of Bam out of the bio, too. As good as he's been, it's a lot saying, go guard the best player in the league that's absolutely unstoppable. And 
the smart thing that the Nuggets are doing. They're saying Bam has to stop Joker on one side, and we're going to let Bam eat on the other because we want to stop Caleb Martin, which they have. Caleb Martin literally has 16 points in three games. He had 10 last Hmm. game. He had three in game one. He had three in game two. He's irrelevant in this series. And think about what he did in that game seven versus the Celtics. The son of a B looked like Kobe. Yeah. So that they need way more out of him. Again, Gabe Vincent wasn't good in game three. As good as he was in game two, he wasn't good. He has to get back to that. Kevin Love really didn't give you anything. And you gotta you, like you gotta give love to what the Nuggets did defensively in game three on taking away those role players and shooters and saying, yo, tired bam, tired Jimmy, y'all beat us. A lot of good texts rolling in on the Specs text line, 337-3776. One of our listeners named Jeff said the zone reminds me more of Georgetown zone from the 80s. Kind of a hybrid zone man. Says only works with exceptional team speed on defense. And then says Butler could be ticketed for huffing. The guy is on fumes. Yo, the dude looks (laughs) he looks tired, man. He really does. Think about Jimmy Butler when he's locked in. He's talking mess. He's in your face. Think about him getting in the face of Grant Williams and all that. Like, we haven't seen any of that because he's winded. And I get it. I get it. Like, being an AFC, taking down, even though he was hurt, Giannis and them, going up against Jalen Brunson and those New York Knicks, and then going game seven where you were up three and then you gave up three and you know you had to win that game. Like, that's a lot of emotion. And it's, it's starting to take its toll on him. So, like you said about Eric Spolstra yesterday and how he snapped on old girl and the presser, like he feels it. Uh, he, he, yeah. he feels that pressure of, man, game three might have been that game where they figured out the blueprint on how to beat us. And at this point of the season, just with our fatigue level and durability, it might not be enough. Tonight may really tell us if we are going to be able to compare this to that Lakers-Sixers series. Are we going to have that feeling afterwards where you go five games, a dominant win for one team? Because that's the next step for Joker. I heard the afternoon guys talking about it as we were driving away yesterday. His next step is you got to put a ring on it. You got to add a ring to what he's done. And if he does it, how does he do it? Is it seven? Is it a struggle in seven games? Or can they finish this gentleman sweep and make it five? Because four and five always feels different. Yeah. Always. It does. And. Man, Nikola Jokic, and I like how you talked about that, those 01, those 2000 Lakers team with Kobe and Shaq because you go look around that roster and all the role players they had, they had some flat-out dogs. Derek Fisher might be the greatest role player of all time. Robert Ory might be the greatest role player of all time. If it's not Fisher, it might be Ory. They had two. Right. They literally had two to go along with the most dominant ever and probably the toughest guard we've ever seen in Mamba Kobe Bryant. It's it's absolutely stupid. And those guys, like Michael Porter Jr., was the number one high school player coming out of college. The dude's had three back surgeries since he's gone to the association. Oh wow. He's not he shouldn't be playing. Like at all. And the fact that they picked they and they knew that. The Nuggets knew that when they drafted him. They knew because at Missouri he had that Kyrie Irving type season where he didn't play, but he was expected to go to the draft and go high. And a lot of, you know, teams were a little nervous about his health. And they said, Ah, well, this guy's just too talented to pass up. If Michael Porter Jr. was the same Michael Porter Jr. from these 
like before the injuries, we wouldn't even see him on this team because he would have been a top two pick. He was that good. Hmm. And at 6'10", he had a lot of KD in him before he had all the surgeries. But the fact that they still picked him with the risk that they knew and it's now benefiting them. The trade with Aaron Gordon was huge. The trade with Bruce Brown was big. And they just made a trade today where – they gave up a whole bunch of second-round picks to the Oklahoma City Thunder in the next few years because they know, man, we got a pretty good core of guys, and I, we're going to be good for the next five years, a lot like those Spurs and Lakers teams because they got a guy like Shaq and Tim Duncan in Nikola Jokic. Let's see how dominant it looks tonight. Can they make it 3-1 and make us start thinking about that five-game uh, win, or is Miami going to even it up at home and everything goes back to Denver 2-2? We shall see. Real quick text before we hit this break. This text says Zay's basketball expertise has brought something to the horn that others just don't have. Oh, stop it. Stop it. I, to- I totally agree. And Zay, I told you not to give CC Collier our text number. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Appreciate you, Pops. Appreciate you, man. Always having my back. It's because of you. It's because of you. You know what I'm saying? Pops gave me a lot of game growing up. We will get more of that expertise because I want to hear Zay's thoughts on CP3. Where will he end up? There's L.A. talk around CP3. Plus, we got to get into a little college football. How about some Big Ten? The other massive conference that's going to 16 teams has now let us know what the schedule will look like in 2024. They're going to protect 11 games. 11 matchups in the Big Ten that we're going to see every single year. You can probably name a couple right away. We'll tell you what the others are next on The Horn. Chad and Zay. You happen to pick one I do know. Oh, this is a guilty pleasure one for me. If you if you can hear this song and not cry, I don't know what to tell you. It's just a hell of a story. This is Rod Stewart's Living on a Prayer is what this is. Is it called Young Turks? Young Hearts? Young Turks. Young Turks, yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Rod Stewart. Oh, man. Young Hearts Breathe Free Tonight. Rod Stewart, the solo Rod Stewart. Some of the hardcore rock fans didn't like the solo Rod Stewart. They wanted him back in faces with Ronnie Wood and the crew. I liked it all. I liked it all. I fell for Rod Stewart as a solo artist as well. So Rod Stewart getting us started today. Speaking of music, I went to a concert last night, and I thought there was going to be a fight. And y'all know me. I'm kind of sick. I kind of wanted there to be one because I wasn't involved. So if if you're going to have a fight, I will watch from a safe distance. Almost got a chance to. But I didn't, and I'll tell you why, coming up at 12.45. Uh, thanks for all the text coming in, 337-3776. Specs text line with some basketball thoughts at the beginning. Game four of the NBA Finals is tonight. We'll get to that Big Ten scheduling coming up. Of course, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play every year. So is UCLA and USC. We'll tell you the other nine games they're going to protect here in a second, and some of the other scheduling stuff we found out. Real quick, Zay, let's wrap up a basketball conversation with CP3. 
He's 49 years old, is that? Oh, man. Correct. He's not that Basically, old. his body's 49 years old. Right. There are parts of him, I'm sure, that yeah. feel 49. CP3 is up in the late 30s. LeBron's age, basically? Yeah, 38, 37, around there. Okay, so Phoenix is going to release him, and I think it became official yesterday afternoon. You mentioned Milwaukee yesterday as a kind of a fit. I'm also hearing, is it one or both L.A. teams that are interested? I think it's just the Lakers. Okay. Is yeah. this a... Is it a LeBron thing? Probably. Okay. We know how close they are. Banana Boat Crew, they've been friends since they came out of high school in 2003. We know LeBron went NBA, CP3 went to Wake, but they've right. been close ever since then. Plus, so. Russell's going to be gone. Is that right? Isn't Russell like a free agent? or What, for the Clippers? Yes. I'm sorry, He yeah, for the, the Clippers now. Yeah. Uh, who am I thinking? No, uh, D'Angelo Russell. Russell. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my Russells confused. And I'd be honest. He's going to move as well, right? Yes. Yeah. I'd keep him before Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul at this age, he cannot last 82. I know load management is out there, but he cannot last 82 games, and you expect him to be ready for the playoffs at at this point of his career. He could be a decent backup. That's why I mentioned the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, when they get healthy, if they add a Chris Paul to their team, that'd be tough, especially with Drew Holiday still running the show and starting because he's getting up there in age himself. But – the Lakers, it would be a lot like the Rockets 99 with Pippen, Barkley, and Hakeem. Like, just a bunch of old guys who were great and Hall of Famers, but together but at too that late. point, way too late. Yeah. So, because what I think of is, and pardon, you know, no disrespect to the other two guys, but I think about it from LeBron's perspective, trying to find one more ring, trying to get to five, trying to get to Magic and Kobe in terms of ring number. But could he really? I mean, think the amount of time between them that CP3 and Anthony Davis might miss. Can LeBron really be asked to shoulder all of that? And will even his body be able to hold up what is required? They barely scraped in this year and had to go play in, and they tried to get a little rhythm going, but you can feel LeBron's fatigue. What the heck would the Chris Paul thing add to that? You got to put LeBron in that same situation. With Anthony Davis and Chris Paul, because his body is breaking down also. That LeBron we saw in the fi- or in the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. with the ankle and stuff, and he missed a lot of games. So now year. he's late career Kobe. Yes. Where you're always worried about, damn, how long can it? Can he stay? Yeah. Can, can he go the whole run? Yeah, it don't matter if you got a Ferrari, if you got over <laughs> 6,000 miles on that thing, you're going to take that mug to the shop a lot, and it's going to cost a lot because it's a Ferrari. It, 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 it don't matter. Did you say 6,000 miles? Because that's a good Ferrari car. Oh, yeah, that's a good car. Yeah, yeah, over 600,000. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, you're getting a deal if you get a 6,000-mile uh, Ferrari. I put uh, 7,000 miles on my Ferrari. It is a piece of trash. Why got to be European? It is a piece. It's a Ferrari. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm imagining somebody going in like the European. Like Mario Andretti? Yes. Or? Yes, I'm imagining the like European mountain roads and stuff. Yeah, L.A., do not pick up Chris Paul. Bad move. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right, and as weird and as inconsistent as we've seen D'Angelo Russell be, I agree with you. I'd keep him before I would deal with Paul. Yeah, I mean, D'Angelo Russell, he just needs to see a shrink or something about his you know, yeah. morale and how he feels because he, he could get real low like he doesn't care. Somebody needs to help him with that. His game, if he got over the mental toughness type of thing, his game should thrive, especially being a former number two pick. He's super talented, super skilled. I'd rather keep D'Angelo Russell, plus he's way more durable. 
still in his 20s than CP3 is. I saw somebody mention Boston for CP3. They got Malcolm Brogdon hurting his elbow, killed them. I know people don't talk about it enough, but he was sixth man of the year for the Celtics this year. That was a really good get in the offseason. And when he got hurt in that Miami series, it changed the way Joe Mazzula had to go about his rotation. And he should have gave you way more than what he did. He was terrible, and a lot of that was because of the injury. And, yes, Marcus Smart, he's getting up there too. Just talk about somebody that's beat up, and I think he's barely in his 30s. So I don't think that's quite the fit. I know Damian Lillard has been talked about him maybe going to Boston. I don't know what they would have to do to get him. But, yeah, Chris Paul to L.A., nah, Chris Paul. Chris Paul's more on the China retirement plan than he is on finding another team. One person texted Chris Paul to the King. But then the next person texted, Chris Paul would be a good fit sitting at home watching the game. See, yeah. Rudeness. Rudeness. But that's what you're saying, too. Uh, also, Spurs fans wanting me to add Tim Duncan to the list. You are correct. Co- let's go Kobe, Magic, Tim Duncan. They all have five. They're in the five club. Oh, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. And Tim might be important to LeBron as well since Tim beat LeBron twice. Twice. And LeBron's gotten him one time. Yep. Right? But Tim's taken two, in, in LeBron's mind, maybe taken two of those rings, and by the way, definitively taken two of those rings from him. So, yes, Tim Duncan in that five group, too. I wasn't being a petty Mavs fan, I swear. I was, was not trying to do that. Tim does have five. You're absolutely right. I need to go watch some Tim highlights. Oh, my Lord. He was so cold, man. Good grief. That touch, the backboard shots, the hook shots, left or right hand. He was a good passer. He was a great defender. Like, Timmy was stupid. Yeah. Was stupid good. Incredible stuff. Yeah, we'll see if uh, if we're we're already talking about the greatness of Jokic, but after this series, is it going to con- you know just ratchet up even more? We'll continue to talk basketball. We've got football to get into today as well. I'm so excited about next week and that SEC 2024 schedule coming out. But, Zay, we get a little teaser, if you will, Power 5-wise. Big Ten threw out their plan yesterday for 2024, and it sounds like a health care option. They're they're calling it Flex Protect Plus. Sounds like something I could get at work, maybe, if mm. my if my company had a really good healthcare right. plan, right? right? Flex Protect Plus. And what the protect part is, is they're going to protect 11 games. We're going to see 11 Big Ten games every year guaranteed. Here they are. Michigan and Ohio State, UCLA and USC. Those are the obvious ones to me. Here come some of the others. Maybe you don't think of these as big deals, but the Big Ten does. Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's a big deal. Indiana, Purdue. We can all understand that one geographically. Michigan State, Michigan. That's Paul Bunyan Trophy, if I'm not mistaken. Iowa, Minnesota. Illinois, Northwestern. Iowa, Nebraska. Maryland and Rutgers, the two newbies until USC and UCLA. Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois, Purdue. Now, if we dug through there, I think there's a, I think there's a Floyd of Rosedale in there. I think there might be an old oaken bucket <laughs> in there. I think there might be a little brown jug in there somewhere. Interesting, Zay, Penn State is not in there. You did not hear me say Penn State. They have no protected games. Who's their rival rival? They just look forward to playing Michigan and Ohio State every year. But other than that, and those two are so worried about one another, like who is their rival? Apparently there is no absolute lock-in for them. The league, this is brilliant by the way, the conference sent everybody a questionnaire asking about who's a team you have to play every year, who's a team you'd like to play but not necessarily every year. And they went through all this stuff. What's a game we have to protect at all costs? And apparently they got all the stuff back. And Penn State didn't really blink at him. So maybe Penn State told him, like, oh, do y'all have to play Michigan? Nah, we're good, whatever. 
Yeah. So Penn State's interesting. They're going to play this like rotation of – they'll play a team like three out of every four years, but just not every year. So they're going to have a nice rotation, no divisions. And I hadn't realized this, but it is logical. The East has won every Big Ten title since they went to division. Oh, shocker. Right. The side with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State win every time. But the beauty of this, Zay, and your tone there was perfect because it's the way a lot of people feel outside the Big Ten, that that's kind of a joke. But getting rid of divisions helps you, just like it's going to help the SEC. If the best, it, all that matters is the best is the best. The best is going to be one and two. Pac 12's going there, Big 12 will go there. It's not about the best in this division has to play the best in this division. And when you get rid of divisions, you also get more rotation if you do it right. They're saying every matchup in the Big Ten, you're going to play every team in a four year span, and you'll have gone everywhere. That's what I've been talking about for the SEC. Right. You can work it where in a four-year window, you will tell these kids, look, you stay with us for four years. You're going to wear every badass uniform we can think of, and you're going to play at all of our big venues. In this world, they'll say it. You'll go to Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, all of it. SEC. You're going to go to Bama, Georgia, Swamps, uh, Kentucky. You're going to hear cowbells. You're going to hear all kinds of stuff. We're going to get all of it to you. In four years, if you stay. Yeah, somebody said that Pitt is Penn State's rival, which makes a lot of sense, but we know Pitt's in the ACC, so yeah. it doesn't make sense to our conversation here. And, yeah, it's very it's very interesting, and I like what they're doing. Just you got to get rid of the divisions. All the blue bloods were on one side, and I know Wisconsin – they're kind of on the borderline of yeah. blue blood, but not really. Like, I definitely want to consider Wisconsin the blue blood, but I could definitely consider them a big time They're college dangerous. football yeah, yeah. university. They were the one in the West that had been consistent. Yeah. yeah. So I and I think that matchup with Minnesota, especially having family from Minnesota on my wife's side, yo, they hate some Wisconsin folks. Yeah, right. That matters. They, to them. I've heard my my cousin-in-law say, yeah, over there in Wisconsin, they're doing stuff crazy, blah, 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 just talking all types of mess. I'm like, damn, y'all got I beef think, like that? I respect it. I think Wisconsin, Minnesota might be. Is that Florida Rosedale, the one with the pig? Ooh. Is that the pig trophy? I think that. Yeah, you're all about the trophies. I never oh, know I about them. I love those things. <laughs> God, I love them. I love it. And the Big Ten rules those. Yeah. That's what they were about. I love that. I love, I love that there's some weird just you know legendary trophy that they came up with even when it comes to what's the one the um is it nebraska there's one that it looks like it's not on the list but like they even had a modern one with nebraska i think it was nebraska northwestern wow they fired one up and they, they just made up one they, it, but it was so badass they made up a trophy <laughs> they no it was dude they ended up making a trophy and helping like children's hospitals at the same time, and it was called like the $5 and a Bits of Broken Chair trophy or something goofy like that. But it had this wild story about both mascots, and it played through, and they made this goofy-ass trophy, and they play for it. But every year, this children's hospital fund got a ton of money. Yeah, I mean, It was just beautiful. I loved it. Yeah, when you grow up and go to grade school and you have geography and it's most of the time a football coach or something that, you don't really get much game. So I don't really see, like, it's Illinois and Nebraska that close where they could have that rivalry and it makes sense? Or they just, again, made it up? Yeah, that I'm not sure because Illinois, the only one Nebraska's got apparently is that Iowa game. That's the only one that they're locking in. 
So Nebraska's going to be a little more fl- yeah, fluid okay. and, and floating. Uh, the other thing, real quick, just to mention here, and we, we'll be digging through this before the season starts, obviously. USC's first schedule in the Big Ten, they're going to host Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Let's stop on that. USC's going to host Michigan and Wisconsin. That's pretty badass. It's pretty nice. Michigan at the Coliseum. And they're going to go to Maryland, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, and UCLA because it's going to be five game, uh, nine conference games. So five home games one year, five road games the next. So that means USC at Penn State, that's going to be a hell of a scene. And then USC at UCLA, of course, that helps those two out because you're going to get that road trip across town for one of them every year. Think about happy how happy these defensive coordinators in the Big Ten are that they don't have to face Caleb Williams. Oh, the ones that get to avoid him? Yeah, that get to avoid him. Yeah, <laughs> right, because he'll go 20. It'll be this year, this and year he'll be out. in the draft. Good point. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. UCLA, they will have Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, and USC at home. Wow. So Ohio State and USC are both going to the Rose Bowl for regular season games, and then UCLA is going to be at Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, and Rutgers. UCLA at the big house. Yeah, it's That's gonna awesome. be it's gonna be interesting seeing UCLA football going east. It's so weird. USC not as much. I think it'll probably hit more when I see UCLA playing against Michigan, Michigan in basketball or something. Even yeah. like or the Indiana's, you know, just those historic basketball teams, universities. So yeah, it, it's a cool thing, man. A lot of change, and I'm excited for it. The last time Michigan went to USC, 1958. It's been a minute. College football so pathetic when it comes to scheduling. <laughs> God, they're pathetic. I'm so glad we're finally changing some of this. Maybe we can actually feel good about it once we find out where the SEC is headed. Maybe SEC and Big Ten uh, will be leading the way on this, and we'll get some good rotating schedules. All right, that story's out there today in the big uh, from the Big Ten. Coming up at one, they found another interesting NFL list. We'll talk some NFL quarterbacks coming up next hour. Next, though, into crap bag, the almost fight that I saw at a concert and why it did not happen plus actual fights i can guarantee you that will happen on the horn chad and zay Oh, it's a song that brings up some special feelings for a lot of folks. This is a specific time in life right here. How do you not love Still of the Night by Whitesnake? I mean, come on. Yo, this is cold, man. David Coverdale with those pipes, maybe at the height of his talent. Some other fans may argue differently. Maybe it was further back than that. This is my David Coverdale, though. Adrian Vandenberg on guitar. Tommy Aldridge always looking like he was 85, but he was always (laughs) one of the best drummers on God's earth. Rudy Sarzo on bass. Wow, this is is a... I saw this Whitesnake lineup open for Motley Crue, and it was tough for the crew to follow. Yo, listening to this, I bet. Yeah, it was. And the chicks, the ladies, oh, they wanted some David Coverdale that night. Yeah. My man showed up in some leather pants that only he could wear (laughs) at the time. Oh, my God. Whitesnake and Rod Stewart getting us started today on the musical side. I got a musical story coming up. 
from this concert last night. Uh, first, let me just get you a quick update on the Super Regionals since we are in that mindset. Bottom of the six, three all between Duke and Virginia. You got the other games starting later, the TCU games at four, South Carolina, Florida at five, and seven o'clock for Oral Roberts and Oregon. Longhorn fans, you know you're tomorrow afternoon. 5 o'clock against Stanford. Problem is, we don't know about Sunday yet, and Monday is an if necessary, of course. We don't know. So just keep it right here. Go to TexasSports.com. Follow social media. Follow Craig Way on Twitter. That's a good way to do it because you know when Craig finds out, he's going to let everybody know, and we'll all be retweeting Craig. So I think it's at Horn Voice now for Craig. Yeah, see, Way got hacked a while ago. Had to change it because somebody hacked him, and they wouldn't give it back. Twitter's so weird about that stuff. So yeah. Hey, see, wait, how about not having say goodnight to it as a password? That's probably not a good look. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That is good. He changed from Light the Tower to that, probably. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. probably an easy pick. That's a good call. I can see a bunch of drunk Texas fans (laughs) trying to hack Craig away. Say goodnight to it. Yeah, to do that. Just say goodnight to it. That's going to be it. Guaranteed. Uh, all right. Let's get you uh, the story from last night and uh, and a story for this weekend in the crap bag. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Y'all know I love when people are punching people, when it's scripted, unscripted, agreed to whatever it is i like it when it's agreed to the agree scripted or unscripted as long as we agree to it i'm good especially when i'm not involved i've never been in an actual fight myself i've never been closed fist punched in my face ever knock on wood i'm 48 years old but i love watching a fight and i thought i was gonna get one last night zay i went over to coda last night me and my man rick sakamano for the weezer show nice weezer modest mouse and mama was the was the bill. Mama was pretty good. I right. hadn't heard of Mama before. All right, so I get there early. Sacramento's late. We're on the lawn for probably the last time because we spent half the time bitching about how our backs hurt. That's how you know you're too old. Yeah. And yeah. out at Coda, they're all Austin weird about it. They don't rent chairs. I was ready to pay for it. Right. I've rented chairs on the lawn, and it's luxurious. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Really helps the back, especially when you're old like me. Can hey, you bring in a chair? No. Can't bring a chair, only can bring a blanket. So I bring the blanket. I get us a nice spot up front because I'm thinking he's late. I'll go get us a spot. I'll stake it out. All you have to do is throw the blanket down and everybody's cool. But there was a guy standing right behind me kind of marking his territory for people that were coming later. Because sometimes you have to be the marker and they're coming with the blanket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a land in the movie theater. There you go. So he was the scout and he was standing there behind me, very respectful to me. Because he knows if he gets seen yelling at me, they'll get on him for probably yelling at an elderly person and whatever. <laughs> he looked at me like I was 80. I, yeah, how old were these people? Like, what's uh, the range here? I'm going to say these two guys I'm talking about are like 20s to 20s, 30s. Okay. Weezer's got an interesting yeah. um, swath of people. Saw a lot of parents and kids and things like that. Okay, so from behind me, I hear this other guy walk up. And they're having this, they're going to have a little discussion about the spot and can I get here and were you here first? Zay, within 10 seconds of them starting to interact, one of them made a reference about the size of the other one's manhood. Oh, wow. So I thought, whoa, in my mind, here's what I'm thinking. All right, we may get a little something going here. So I was getting ready to turn around to 
not stop them, watch them go through whatever they're about to. It took about 20 seconds, 30, 20 to 30 seconds for the first interaction. He made the reference about the manhood. Oh, really? Oh, yeah? That's how it's going to be? And I thought, oh, oh, here we go. We're, we're, we're heating up. We're heating up. Yeah, you got to go in a little bit more detail about reference the manhood because this is interesting we're at a weezer concert let's keep that in mind we're at a weezer concert his reference was oh must be that short d energy there you go that's how that's how he said it all right so then it turned into a little argument back and forth and it really i felt like okay i didn't hear any pushing and shoving and then it felt like they kind of separated there also was a girl somewhere involved with one or both of them so that can always help sometimes the ladies can calm it down yeah and not heat it up so then I'm thinking, my God, am I about to see a fight at a Weezer show? I didn't even know there were fights at Weezer shows. Then I realized, wait, what am I hearing now? Then the guy who really got heated first comes back to the guy, apologizes. This is within a minute, apologizes, and then they go into this long, drawn-out, where are you from, what do you do for a living? It turned into like a dating app conversation what? Oh, well, well, where are you from originally? Well, I'm an army brat or a uh, military brat. Oh, really? What branch? Blah, 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 blah. And they went back and forth. And then one of them offered to buy the other one a beer. See, that's what we need. And they went to like, no, nah, man, we're good. We're good. Really quick. So then I thought, oh, this is how stuff gets resolved at a Weezer show. So to Weezer and all their fans... Well done. Yeah. Well done, because I've been to a few metal shows in my time, and that is not how it gets resolved at Motorhead or ACDC or Van Halen. But apparently that's how Weezer fans deal with it. So the one that came back to apologize, was that the one with the woman? Uh, Yes. Makes sense. But it was also the one that got, he's the one that took that reference. The one who said that about small D energy. Right. He, the one that said it is not the one that apologized. Yeah. The other one came back. I guess the woman said, you got to go. She probably said, hey, you go apologize because I got to be close to Weezer tonight. Yeah. You're not messing my spot up. So anyway, they go through all that. I was impressed. By the way, Weezer put on a hell of a show last night. Um, It was cool to see from kind of a different perspective somebody else's massive band. I dig Weezer. I'm not the biggest Weezer fan on earth. I know a lot of the stuff. The set was incredible. The stage looked awesome. Rivers Cuomo is a talented, talented dude. And for what they do, that's a hell of a show. Yeah. Hell of a show. They did a good job. So credit to them for not fighting. But let me tell you about people that are fighting this weekend. We're hitting UFC 289 this weekend, and one of my favorites of all time, and one of the legends, maybe the GOAT when it comes to UFC, Amanda Nunez. The, The Lioness is back, kids. She's defending the 135 belt. It was going to be against Pena again, but Pena got hurt. So it's Irene Aldana. Irene, I see that you're 35 just like Nunez, but Nunez is 35. Might be a little different than yours. This could be interesting. Uh, I believe she is a Mexican fighter just like Pena. So that's for the 135 belt. Amanda Nunez, the only UFC fighter ever to have two belts at the same time and defend them at the same time. She's defended this one five times. She's defended the other one twice. And Zay, here's my favorite Amanda Nunez stat that I saw today. This tells you how big of a dog she is. When she fought Ronda Rousey, Rousey was going to get the belt back that everybody thought she deserved, and oh, look out, Amanda, and there's no way. Amanda knocked her out in less than a minute. 
Yikes. Then she fought Chris Cyborg in a super fight. Everybody uh, thought, what are we going to do? Chris Cyborg had taken that 145 belt and defended it twice. And she's a Brazilian monster. And nobody thought Amanda could even get close. Amanda knocked her out in less than a minute. She knocked them both out in less than a minute. Yeah, when Cyborg, when her face swells up, it swells <laughs> up. Dude. Like, man. Amanda's a beast. She'll fight uh, tomorrow night. Also, Charles Oliveira and uh, Benil Dariush is the co-main. That's a nice fight at 155. The rest of it kind of uh, waters down after that. So you got to dig those two fights if you're going to get the pay-per-view. It is your normal ESPN Plus pay-per-view, 9 o'clock tomorrow night. So I'm rooting for the Lioness, Amanda Nunez, one of the craziest good fighters that we have ever seen and certainly the most dominant female fighter UFC has ever had. There is your crap bag and shout out again to those guys who didn't fight. Although, I'd have been watching if you had, gentlemen. However you want to deal with it. One o'clock hour coming up. In the NFL, Zay has found a list. Active NFL quarterbacks with the most game-winning drives, I believe is the list that he has. Every time he brings me one of these lists, I just... I'm a Cowboys fan, so I start to wonder, hmm, I wonder where Dak is on that list. We'll find out if he's on it next on The Horn.